Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast from merry old England. My name's Rick Palmer and as ever I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Gemma Turland. Hello. Will Turland. Hello. And Rick Everson. Hello. And in this episode we're going to go with an idea I had that's slightly self-indulgent where we pitch ideas for future series of Star Trek. Um, it is slightly self-indulgent, but I think we've earned that after all this time. I, I think so. Mm. And this one's been on the back burner for maybe about a year or so, because we we decided we'd, we'd do this one when we could all get back together in person, yeah. because it would be quite fun to sit around the table and, mm. and pitch ideas in, in front of each other. Mm. But it was a very, very long time before we could get back <laughs> yeah, together we, in we person. Yeah, we foolishly thought this whole COVID thing would be over in a couple of months or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think, you know, I think as, as fans of anything, you always, in the back of your mind, you're like, I'd love to see this happen in mm. this universe. Not just in Star Trek, but in any series where you, you, you're invested in that world. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Who wants to go first? <laughs> can, can, can I go first? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I would like to um, give some credit... To the the first two ideas I'm going to put forward were suggested by my children, Ooh, and okay. my main idea was sort of was largely from suggestions from my wife because apparently I did no prep of my own and just got my family to do it for me. <laughs> like that is it? <laughs> they stopped short watching episodes. I had to do that bit myself. <laughs> All right, well you got you got five minutes, kids. Let's see your pitch. You got till uh, you got till I finish this cup of coffee. <laughs> And I'm halfway through the cup of coffee. But I drink coffee slowly, so... <laughs> you pr- I mean, maybe about seven minutes. Okay. It's better be good. So, um, the, the, the first series I did was a series that is just all about a war with rhinoceros people. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, this is the 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 someone's been playing um oh fuck it what's the game called where there are rhinoceros people I don't know yes you do you've played it you've played several the oh, oh like Halo uh, no <laughs> no there are the big giant people Mass who, Effect Mass Effect oh, oh. okay rhinoceros they're people. rhinoceros people. I don't know that they're right. They're rhinoceros. Oh, I but do you mean the um Yeah, okay, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, the Krogan. Krogan. Right. That's yeah, it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh. He's he's not played much. Anyway, of sorry, um, I've hijacked your pitch. No, it's fine. I, I am what I'm trying to do is destroy your pitch <laughs> because of how I want mine to win. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so wait, what, who are the who are the, who are the who are the opposing sides in the in the rhinoceros war? There's the Federation and the rhinoceros people. <laughs> okay, it's a thin pitch, I will admit, and it stems from the fact that Noah thought that Klingons had, looked like rhinos, oh, and it turned okay. out they didn't. But he just went with the rhino. Oh. So okay, my my next pitch 
this, this one's from Isaac. I like it, it's greenlit. <laughs> <laughs> it's... This one's from Isaac, and he suggested time travel. Mm. That two versions of the same ship should meet, past and present, and... And it, it's a fairly limited idea because he suggested that the future version should destroy the, the other version and then oh. stop existing. Okay. And I'm not really... Sh- we, we've not worked out the fine details of how we'd stretch this to seven seasons. It, it does feel like a single episode <laughs> idea. Mm. Yeah, it sounds it's, like a one-shot kind of feel. It sounds like... like um, it. What's that episode of Enterprise where that, that kind oh, of X, happened? X squared? E squared, yeah, yeah. It sounds like that. It sounds it's, like they did that. Mm, yeah. Why did I say X? <laughs> <laughs> I just like that letter. Square X. It's more meth. More, it's more meth. More math. <laughs> yeah, st- stop, stop with the math. Don't, that's not going to happen. It's too good. It's very, very boring. <laughs> that's a joke, listeners. That's, that's definitely a joke. Yeah. <laughs> only the good stuff. The good stuff's the only, only from that guy from Malcolm in the Middle, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, so moving on to my, my main pitch idea. So, everyone loves crime procedural dramas. And also, we love Star Trek. So, Star Trek, where they do a crime procedural kind of thing. So, I'm suggesting Starfleet have a little crack team. Um, say, like. The, no, 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 no. What? Crack as in the. the, the as in crack? excellent at their jobs. <laughs> um, who go from around all around the place so they could be planets one week they could be a station they could be a ship but they've got a specialist team who are there to basically solve crimes and like ncis yeah. in space basically yes i think they should have a betazoid on the team um and there's always yeah. a little bit of a thing about how ethical is that to read people's minds nice. and submit that as yeah, evidence yeah. Uh, they should, they've got to have a tough guy if, if there's any urban fighting to make muscle cling on or something. Mm, yeah. yeah, a little mix of species who sort of cover different aspects. You want uh, a, a, a cocky wise guy? Absolutely, yes. It could be called. It could be called cocky wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they basically have their own little <laughs> ship. They just go where they're sent, where, where the crimes are each oh, week. I like. Yes, this this one this is this is the one that then, my wife came up with. Could, oh, could I've you... embellished a little bit with the betazoid because she didn't know what the betazoid is. <laughs> Women, <laughs> um, you uh, could you have know. them bang, banging up against local laws. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, like, this is the beauty I mean, of it. You, you watch one of these series and you've got these people and they're sort of saying, okay, so a serial killer works like this and they'll do this. This time you've not only got that element, you've got cultural differences. Mm-hmm. What does a Klingon serial killer act like? What's an Andorian serial killer like? What's a Ferengi murderer like? You know, when a Ferengi murders for no apparent reason, not for profit, what's how do you get inside his head? How do you solve that crime? Yeah. Well, this is where where we flesh out into an interesting, whole new facet. Of it. So, who is the sort of governing body that this team reports to? Um, I, I felt it should be a federation entity. Okay. And they send them around so... They so well, maybe it's like the murder of... The crimes committed against Federation citizens? If, if we're going to planets that aren't in the Federation? Um, potentially, or there could be murders that happen on what would normally be a peaceful colony world. Even potentially on, on, on Starfleet vessels when, you know, they've, they've managed mm. to outfox the security crew. Surely yeah, you can't. You can't investigate on non-Federation worlds. But well, you could, but if it was a Federation citizen... But it was, 
Well, there's the thing. Hey, this, is, yeah, this is, yeah, there, there could be yes, a lot of episodes yes. around that kind of yeah. uh, Contested conflict. territories yeah. between between um, us and, like, the Cardassians, things like that. I think, whole... I think this series would work because I think it could... It would be a good series to sort of address the sort of nerd nerd questions about why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. Like that, that could be part of the dialogue. They're going, wait a minute, that's not my studio exec voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it. Like, wait a minute, why are these people investigating here? But in the dialogue, like, someone could say, wait a minute, why are you guys investigating here all over the place? <laughs> like, well, actually... This is why we have jurisdiction. So yeah, I, I uh, uh, this guy here, like, we have jurisdiction. Okay, <coughs> that's fine. But also, then, you could. Uh, there you go. No, you started. You technically started speaking first. So you can. <laughs> okay. Well, and interestingly, in uh, Babylon Five, she's like, hey, "Have you guys ever heard of Babylon Five? Babylon what? It's a really fabulous show. I must tell you about <laughs> it sometime." I've done the Babylon Jive. I only want to know if you can supply written reviews of every episode. Rick, I think you'll find, if you check my Twitter feed, you'll find that I can do that. But um, they, particularly in the first season, Straczynski would often fall back on a sort of proce- police procedural plot because he, he sort of cut his teeth writing off a murder she wrote. Ooh. And, like, that's the kind of story he felt hang comfortable on, writing. Hang on, hang does, that mean, does that mean that murder she wrote is, <gasps> is within Babylon 5 canon? I, it does. Think so. It's the I same assume. universe. Excuse yeah. me, sorry. Murder she wrote? Have we been lied to all this time? Murder Sheesh. he wrote. Murder, 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 murder he oh, wrote. Right. You get murder, yeah, murder, many writers wrote, oh, I think, maybe. Oh, all this time. Is it, are we, no, are we misreading it? Is it murders he wrote? Huh? Maybe, huh? yeah, rather than the, the, murder. The, the, the she. she isn't a she, it's a he, and the S from the she is and the end. Oh, murders. Oh, uh, oh, the word joke. <laughs> I don't get that. I get too, uh, I couldn't. <laughs> mm. yeah. Sorry, did, did, did you just say couldn't? <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, I thought you just randomly swore. <laughs> no, I said I couldn't, but I just went, I couldn't. It sounds, it sounds similar. And it's interesting that you ask, actually, Rick. Yes, in Babylon 5, <laughs> I mean, you're correct. In season 5, there's a, an episode called The, the, the Corpse's Mother, The Corpse's Father. Mm. And it's, and it's a, almost yeah. like a spin-off. It's the Corpse's Mother. Yeah, the Corpse is a dead body. Well, but then know, back to the police procedural solving. But the, they call the, it the Psy-Corpse. No, so it's, it's, cor- like, it's pronounced the Psy-Corpse. I know, but it's, but it's, it's just spelled spelt corpse. I'm going to say it the is spelled, and, and, and he is silent. You, well, pee. your pee might be silent, but <laughs> I've had a lot of beer. So. My pee is, my pee is very silent. <laughs> but you're right. In that episode, um, uh, that's almost like a sort of a pilot for a police procedural where where the psycho are, are investigating. I, th- I thought you were going to say that murder she wrote was part of the <laughs> Babylon Five universe. Like, it's it, interesting you say that, right? It but actually it, is confirmed. Is cryo preserved in one episode, and they, they, Garibaldi wakes her up to help solve the questions. 
I, I, I mean, I'm up for a can podcast. Can we do that show? Where, where, yeah. <laughs> I'm up for a future podcast where we compare episodes of Murder, She Wrote and Babylon 5. Yes. And find the common links that yeah. uh, JMS has put through. That's our offshoot podcast yeah. right there. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, but, getting off topic. So Yeah, but the idea of a police procedural in a in a sci-fi universe yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. Star Trek built such a rich it. tapestry of a universe that yes. it's it, it opens quite a lot of possibilities for a very different take on it yeah you can still you can still have that kind of duality of the the, the buttoned up by the book guy with, mm. the, with the rogue um, yeah. you know and you know I, I like it. I think uh, yeah. police uh, police procedures get big audiences these days. I mean, I, that's a, that's a safe bet. I'm going to greenlight a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got one shot, kid. I'll finance also, your pilot. That's it. Also, you will explore the everyday lives of of people in the Federation. That is another big draw, and something I think I'd love to see because we've seen very little of the wider population of the mm. Federation. We've seen, you know, we've seen the military arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I appreciate Starfleet isn't exclusively military, but it's a very specific area that we focused on, and we've not seen much else. No. It's mm-hmm. a bit like what was that? What was that show that we that was on late nineties? Oh. Jerry Anderson show. It was. It was. It was this. It was something like Space Cops. Space Cops. Yeah. Yeah. Space, 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 space Cops. But it wasn't. What was it space? called? Because they. But they were space in precinct. Space oh, precinct. Oh yes. Yes. It, it, yeah. But I want more of that, so yeah. yeah. But set in the Star Trek universe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you basically pitched Space Priest. Well, <laughs> no, because they were, were only on Earth. Were they, they, <laughs> were, they were only on Earth, weren't they? Didn't they only actually... I think it was Earth, yeah, they were in but a space had, station. Like, a space station, Earth, yeah. So I don't think it was going to alien worlds. And, yeah, it's not the same as having something set in the Star Trek universe. Oh, space Priest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm envisaging more as like a special FBI type team. Yeah. yeah, cover a load of ground and, yeah. and butt heads with the local law enforcement. And a little bit, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. green lighting. Is I'm quite happy that how, how well that one went down. I mean, we thirties, nineteen thirties studio exec. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I, I like it. I've already greenlit the pilot. <laughs> I'll give you twenty six episodes, <laughs> uh, seven seasons, and a movie. <laughs> And I go to work on the t-shirts. I know a guy. Uh, just t-shirts, no sweatshirts. <laughs> just that's the deal. Take it or leave it. You can't sell them in California. No one, will, no one buys yeah. a sweatshirt in no, California. It's sure damn hot on the beach. <laughs> we'll do your space. We'll do space show bikinis. We'll do the bikinis. <laughs> sell them on the beach. Not oh, the dames will love them. The crazy dames will go crazy for those bikinis. Yeah. Facial bikinis. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, you, you, so far, I, I think you've been greenlit. Brilliant. Awesome. But I think in all seriousness, actually, police procedurals are, uh, if you were pitching to a bunch of execs, like that's something that, that's not a weird idea that execs would go, oh, I don't understand what they They'd be like, mm. I, I understand exactly what the tone of that show would be. And like, that's probably, yeah. you know, I... I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a good pitch. It's a I good think, idea. I think the only yeah. downside of it is the expense of sets because I've said they'll be travelling to different mm. colonies, yeah. ships, stations, and things like that, and you're essentially looking at having to build different. Could do a lot in warehouses, or it could be an animated thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do a lot with virtual. 
set can actually, with, you with, know? with the whole video wall thing that they've been doing a lot of. Yeah. Can, yeah, you can probably get away with quite a lot yeah. of that. And the nice thing that's they've kind of already established a lot of Starfleet installations are pretty uniform yeah. in their style and current so well, a corridor a, build a few corridor sets and you can use them for any ship or station you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Who would like to pitch next? Go on then, shall I? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> right. All right. Tell me what you got, kid. I nearly finished this coffee. You got three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine. I don't know whether mine is um, it can be uh, put into a full series or whether it can be a, a mini series or a film. So, um, there's a backstory to mine. Um, the Federation has welcomed a new race into their um, into their the clammy hands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And how do you, Gemma? How, how do you feel about the federation? <laughs> it's hard to read you sometimes. I get mixed messages about what you think of them. I'm enjoying the imagery of the clammy-handed federation. <laughs> that ain't going to sell on bikinis. No yeah, one. I'm not getting no. No one wants clammy people. Yeah, Um um, and uh, with this species comes a really important trade deal, uh, really important uh, natural resources. They they have um, a high proportion of a natural resource that's incredibly important to the Federation and other other civilizations. Um, so this is a great thing for everybody. Everybody's happy until um, and they set up bases on the planet until somebody discovers that. Um, through interaction with this race and their learning about them, uh, that they're actually the entire planet that they live on is in itself sentient, mm-hmm. and um, like the use uh, the fauna, <clears throat> everything is, cr- is created as kind of with the uh, mycelium, good old mycelium and trees and everything. The whole thing is sentient. And this, the species that they're talking to doesn't understand why this is a problem because they don't know that every other planet isn't sentient. So it, it's for them, it's just a fact. And um, so the Federation's go, okay, well, we're, we're kind of, we're mining resources from this planet, but this planet is a person, so we've got to speak to the planet. And, the, and so they have to set up an because they can't speak directly to the planet through the people they have to actually speak to the planet so they have to uh, set they have they send out a crack team of uh, xenobiologists botanists anthropologists and some telepaths and any anyone that they can put together that that could possibly uh, contact this planet and they send them into it's um oh yeah basically it's a forest planet just drop that in. It's a forest planet, of course. So they send them into the dark heart of the planet to try and make contact with it. And of course, there's like um, military personnel as with them as well, because why wouldn't there be? <coughs> and, um, but not everyone on this team has the same orders. There are certain people in the Federation that don't want the, the planet to say no because of these important resources that they're going to get from it. So the actual series is following this team going into the depths of an alien mind, with, and some of them are at odds with the main 
um, with the main um, um, thinking behind the expedition. There are outside people who are who also want the same resources, so they're getting involved. Mm. And uh, that's my pitch. Yeah, I there, like it. There is a lot to love in that. I love the idea of the the, the living planet. Mm-hmm. Echoes um, Mogo on from Green Lantern, and um, in the Star Wars novels, there's a living planet, Zanama Sakat, which is ego as well. Ego, the living planet. Oh, yes, yeah. 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 I love I love I the mean, idea that there's a race there that has no idea that all planets aren't oh, sentient. sentient. Yeah, I mean, we even explore the potential that maybe they are, and we haven't realised. Well, yes. Maybe yeah, this is that and yeah. yeah. openly Indeed. sentient and all the I, others are just quiet about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I like that. I also love the drama of the, 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 the teams at odds. You know, you've got the, the, the Federation of Admirals, the kind who would want you to... who would team with the Sonar to get the youth from the rings of um, the Baku planet mm-hmm. uh, versus the morally upstanding type. And the, there's, a, there's a lot of ideas. The But... The only thing is, you've got a new race coming in, and didn't say that they were rhinoceros people. Oh, so for that sorry. reason, I'm out. Damn. <laughs> no, I do love it. It does sound like there's loads to mine in that, um, in story terms, not from the, pl- the living planet. Let's not mine the living planet. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like mm. anything that kind of kind of looks at concepts like animism. That's mm. a, I, I like. I like that. You, you want me? Everyone is a You know, you, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. you would. You would have that. In a, in a, with spacefaring races, you mm-hmm. you would you would meet those ideas and and I, I like the idea. I like this idea. I think it's good. It, it sounds <coughs> like it's kind of a. It's like a slow, thoughtful series. Yeah, it's not that's like a. It's not like an action series. I got I got a few ideas and ways that you can <laughs> spice it up. Well, no, there will be the action. <laughs> Because there are there are you know there will be under track because I am uh, the, my has anyone seen um, um, Annihilation? Yes. Mm, so yeah. I'm, that's the kind of vibe I'm thinking of. Something I got that feeling. Kind of from that idea. yeah, descent into this completely alien world mm. that is either yeah. is not necessarily hostile <clears throat> to you, but maybe, it is. Maybe if I may add an yeah? a concept, an idea. Maybe like the first team that went in got <gasps> didn't got, come back. Didn't come mm. back. <laughs> <clears throat> and now yeah. they're now, and now they're trying the more diplomatic. Like the Federation be. are deciding that they need to that they need to ask the the planet consciousness. What's um? I'm also wondering <clears throat> what's the relationship between the planet and the inhabitants. Well, no, I think it's it's a it's a hap- I think it's a tolerant one. Because I'm kind of thinking of like that original series episode with Val. Although he was a computer, mm. essentially, that oversaw and basically kept these, these poor people as, as pets almost. And then Kirk turns up and destroys the happy paradise by breaking the computer and yeah. leaves them to scrabble about in the muck and sort themselves out. Mm. Cheers, Kirk. But I is it that? Is, 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 is the planet see itself as a benevolent god? Or is it, as you say, just tolerant no, of no, ins- I think it's insects tolerant. on it's more, it's Yeah, it's tolerant of insects. I think it's um, more that these the, this species has only ever taken what it needs. Mm. And that's fine. And, and this planet is, 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 you know, that's cool because everything needs to 
you know, there's a circle of life, everything needs to consume and die and stuff, but then it, it, they, they this, other, this species has no concept really of how much it's going to be taken from the planet if they mm. start shipping it out to other planets. Right, so how, who is kind of behind the idea to talk to the planet? Oh, well, the Federation wants... Right. The Federation mm-hmm. kind of sees this planet as... Uh, on the whole, the Federation sees this planet as a sentient being because that's the way it's been. And then they have some people, you know, people have kind of... Mm, can feel there's a mind there. So they see it, they right, see it yeah. as a sentient being, <clears> but they want to be able to actually talk to it and you can't do that through a third party mm. so they have and a reminder are there, pe- are there bad morals there in the federation who yes. just wants they want the unobtainium I mean could can, can, can you have the federation facing a crisis and the only thing is they yes. to hold mm. to save well, it, it so that there is this thing that we've got to have it yeah. and we put that imperative and that, hence why they start, send a more military yeah. element to the team it, it, it could be set in, in the current timeline of discovery and it could be dilithium you know it could mm. be a like that kind of valuable resource. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Isn't it? But then right. the original series had no shortage of like, oh, there's a plague on this planet and the only thing that can cure it is this thing that comes from yeah. this place. Or, mm. you know, the, the, we, we make all our life support systems out of this one material, which is really rare because, you know, we're, we're clever planners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, what if, what if um, I'm just throwing more ideas in your thing, as they descend into the planet, does the planet generate its own defences? Yes. Like tree yes. people and rock monsters. Yeah. So we have that action element oh, as well. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It will do. Def- yeah, yeah. And, you know... But maybe they're not defences. Maybe they... Well, maybe, it maybe, it's like, maybe, the, maybe it's the, the, the planet trying to interact with... with yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to... This is your idea, Gemma, but rather than it being defences, it's... The, the, the planetary consciousness trying to interact with people. Exactly. It's, it's not defences, it's like... Uh, well, it could be both. I yeah. mean, it's a completely alien... I love the, the idea of actually trying to... Um, did you get your steps there? Yeah, <laughs> it's just my watch telling me to... To get to up and do more correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's not doing that. It's just... It says I've reached my goal of something. Oh, well done. Um, you did that by just digging your legs. You reached your alcohol goal. But, yeah, no, it's a completely alien... So they have to deal with trying to communicate with a completely alien mind, which, which throws up its own um, perils. <laughs> and there will be times of conflict which could spark the planet to throw up defences. And this is something where... The, the universal translators exactly. won't be any help exactly. cool. um, so one of the things I was just thinking in terms of if, if, if we were to pitch to studio execs they would throw bizarre ideas that you no. would then have to try and cram in so well, I, I, I feel gotta... good about throwing <laughs> some bizarre ideas but I suppose yeah, I suppose I... the planet has more of a almost like the Ents in Lord of the Rings their perspective of time. the passage of time yeah. and the scope of the universe is very different mm-hmm. And maybe the planet reacts to the intent of the people coming in. So if you have a team that's comprised half of, you know, I- idealistic explorers who mm-hmm. want to make contact with a whole new life form and establish this new relationship and discover what this thing is about, and people who are like, we've got to get this stuff, this is imperative, and if we don't get it, I'm getting my big phaser rifle out and taking it by force. Mm-hmm. But what an does an that like do an, to the An idealistic explorer yeah. could still see the planet as the thing to be 
to be broken down into its mm. yeah, understood right. it by its yeah. component parts. Oh, well, yeah, you've got. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean that it's benevolent. I think if you have a mixed, yeah, there's a lot of scope in that. I feel like this has become less of a pitch and more of like a writer's room. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, mean, I, I, kind of like, like I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. I think this is a. I, I would really yeah. like to. See, I mean, not in the not just in the Star Trek world, just in general. I think, mm. but definitely yeah. in the Star Trek world. I shall world. write that book. Yeah, but it, I mean, it feels like Star Trek has <clears throat> has touched on our, on ideas mm. like this, but they've usually been an idea that's contained in a single episode, and it's maybe only part of that mm. episode. Doesn't feel like we've mm. you've, they've it's, ever explored an idea like this in the kind of depth that you're talking. No, about. No, I don't think they've gone into a completely alien mind like that. But they have mm. definitely because there wasn't there a disco where they had a sentient planet. <laughs> The one where Saru um, ran a bit, goes, like, yeah, really goes crazy. And, and gets superpowers. Oh uh, yeah, mm. in the first season. Yeah, yeah, and they're trying um, to communicate with the trees. because they had the massive crystalline tower. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, mm. and in um, of course in uh, Prodigy, there's been a, a sentient planet. Oh, I might not have seen. Of course, that. yeah, yeah, but. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot about the murder planet. Yeah. yeah, I like your idea, kid. I got a few. Uh, I got a few things that we need to change about it. Number one, the captain is a baby, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not a super smart, but he's just a regular baby, and everyone has to work around that. Because uh, and he's always crapping. Like, he's crapping yeah. too much. If anything, and the crew have to deal with that because we got our uh, the, one of the big sponsors. He's just had he wants this baby in the show, so we gotta have that. And that their sponsor is um, is actually is big tobacco, so we're gonna have that baby's gotta smoke. He smokes a cigar every episode, and he, he even if the baby doesn't enjoy it, we have to do some CG make it look like he likes it. <laughs> Number two, there's gotta be a sexy dame. The baby's like, best friend is a sandwich. A sexy, yeah, yeah. She's gotta be. She's gotta be yeah. a real tomato, like a like a full on tomato. I gotta yeah. tell you. Yeah, the cat. actual tomato. <laughs> yeah, if anything, a full-on actual tomato. <laughs> and I think I like the idea, but what if instead of a sentient planet, it was a war with rhinoceros people? <laughs> or what if the people planet like what war? If, and <laughs> hear me out. What if the planet was abroad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what like in Spain yeah. or? Yeah. Or, 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 I'm talking. I'm talking like a full-on. I'm talking like a full-on dame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't uh, think of a dame now. <laughs> I think dame, dame, Dame Judy Dench. Dench. Dame Judy Dench would be great for the role of the planet. <laughs> oh, she would make an awesome badmiral. But yeah. oh yeah, Dame Joan Collins does have the Star Trek history because she was in City on the Edge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Cool. But anyway, I, I really like this idea. Yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I really like the improvements that these smoking babies are made because I, th- I think that, that actually sort of helps shape the idea into <laughs> something workable. So, yeah, really good. Uh, no, I, I like it. No, it's, um, there's, there's some depth to that idea. I like, I like yeah, anything where, you, where, you, where you, you go to a alien world and it sort of changes you like mm-hmm. you know, like being there changes your the way you look at things and your yeah it, yeah. it changes you in, in that. and I think this is a would be a great show to kind of work with those sorts of ideas yeah, it feels like there's a bit of an apocalypse now 
vibe to it. That, you know, that's how I yes, picture the journey. Maybe the team has gone in before and, and not come back. Yeah, because yeah. I kept trying to think of a title and I was thinking, Heart of Dark... Heart of... It's been taken. It's such a great title. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Well, as you said, they descend into the, you know, exactly. into the planet. I almost thought about, like, Dante's Seven Levels of Hell as well, in a way. Yeah, it sounds so fun. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a comedy? It's a comedy <laughs> one. It's like our decks. There's a lot of ways cracking. I like it. <laughs> that baby's going to fit it really well in the tone of the show. <laughs> So who <laughs> who would like to do the next the next pitch? Um, I'll go next if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So my idea is a is a mystery drama, and it's set just after Enterprise finished. So it's in the, so it's set in the kind of time period between the end of Enterprise and the beginning of the original series. Not entirely, but it's in that space because because I haven't sort of picked a. A, a kind of particular time frame for it but it existed between those two series essentially and my idea is that the, the background of the series is that the, the earth has decided to sort of work out where humans might be who left the planet prior to the prior to the federation so in the period around the time of the eugenics wars when we know that people like Khan went into ships and went mm. up into space. And World War Three, there was a period of time when ships left Earth to kind of colonise space. So there's this programme to sort of either locate the colonies or find the ships because they they could still be... They'll be, like, near, near light speed on their way somewhere. But now we have the ships that are warp ships that can catch up with them and sort of bring them back or, or interact with them at least. So tangential to that, um, the on a on a on a planet in the Andor in the Andorian within Andorian space, an abandoned Andorian colony, they find human remains, and these human remains are really old, like like thousands of years old. And um, upon investigating these remains, they find a connection between the humans that they found and uh, a scientist in 1940s Earth, around the time, a, a scientist who is who is connected to the, a group of scientists who whose research led to the eugenics wars. And um, he was like a scientist who was interested in convalescence after World War Two. The World War Two of the Star Trek universe seems like it's slightly different from from our World War Two. And he was really interested in using astral astral projection and concepts like journeying uh, to as, as as a method of recuperation. And and he um and he, but but what happened to him and his and his hospital is sort of shrouded in mystery. The no one really knows because World War Three happened and lots of things were obliterated. So there's this, connect, there's this connection between this scientist and his work and these bodies thousands of like light years away and thousands of years in the past when they when they died. Um, and the the scientists 
his hospital, but well, it wasn't really a hospital, it was a convalescent home. It was in the Pacific Northwest, in sort of like the British Columbia, like near Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and after World War Three, the, the whole of the Pacific Northwest has sort of gone back to being run by native indigenous Canadians. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's all gone back to them and they, and they look after it. And weirdly, the weapons that we used in World War Three have kind of changed the forest. Like it, it hasn't devastated the forest, it sort of changed it. And so in order to understand what's going on, why these? Why we have human remains from thousands of years ago in Andorian space? We need to investigate this scientist and his place. So they, so they need to negotiate with like the indigenous people, and they and there's this like two part story where they're investigating this this scientist from the 1930s and 40s, and and another investigation on this planet, and it all sorts of it will all tie in together towards the end, and essentially. The scientist has sort of, through journeying, had found this world between worlds where you could where where you could take sort of astral projection to the next level, and you could literally sort of move through the universe, mm. but if you wanted to. But it was, and and that's it. And that's that's the kind of that's what this series is getting towards is that this this process is dangerous because there is something that there are there are beings that exist in the world between worlds some are good and some are bad and potentially this investigation into into what happened why why this mystery could sort of have massive implications for for like real space like out the the, the, Mm. and that's it and it's kind of inspired what inspired me was that i'm always intrigued by and in the, in the city on the edge of forever, the speech that 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 Joan Collins' character gives, where she sort of talks like she's had a vision, mm. like she's had a visionary experience of the mm. future, mm. and so I think I would like to tie in, like like Edith Keeler, mm. yeah. So Edith Keeler was maybe someone who knew this scientist and was part of his early sort of journeying experiments and sort of contact like touched this world between worlds and. And the and the guardian of forever, the guardian of forever is a being that is part of that. The guardian of forever is a being that exists in the world between worlds, and, oh. and that's why, like, when you see him, he's kind. Of, there's that kind of. It's like a TV channel that's flipping through the channels because he's seen yeah. everything. Like, is a the world between worlds is a world out of time. There's no time there. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my idea. Okay, cool. It sounds like it's something completely different from any other Star Trek show that we've had before, uh, which kind of immediately sets it Mm. it apart. What what I really like is that it touches on some very (coughs) out-there concepts, but still being quite rooted in Star Trek stuff Mm. that's already established. Mm -hmm. Mm. The idea of... um, I I think of The Traveller from Next Gen... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his. It, you could definitely tie that into his race. Yeah, and the way they use thought, um, and then yeah, to 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 cover distance and things like that. Yeah, and that, yeah. The, I mean, the idea of, of beings living on a different plane to us is is you know all the way through Star Trek, mm. and you can you can uh, the idea of mysticism can easily in in that with that concept can be worked into sci-fi. Yeah. Definitely. 
Mm. Um, I mean, you could, you could, you, there's a field of um, higher beings through Star mm. Trek you could play with. You could bring Q into it, mm. I think, as well. But I think the inclusion of the Guardian and having that as a that world between worlds as a way that the Guardian functions is really, yeah, mm -hmm. that is a solid type, in, and that would work really well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you could you could have the idea that maybe the. Q continuum originated in this this world between worlds, and they maybe maybe they maybe they they sort of came about at some point in the future, and then came back to yeah to yeah because if time doesn't time. exist in in that realm, then yeah. yeah. And the I think that humanity's forays, as detailed this, would be what maybe attracts Q to humanity. Mm -hmm. mm. But we're kind of prequeling yeah. next gen in a way. Yeah. Uh, do we, do, do we don't want to work Q into it so much? No, but yeah, we, <laughs> I, I like the idea, kid, but we need to put Q in there. <laughs> yeah, so we got a contract with them. So I also <laughs> love, I love the connection to Earth because you just, you just don't see that that much mm. in Star Trek. Yeah, and a different and Earth, section of Earth than what you do normally, than what and, you do normally see in. And no, and also Northwest is a little bit. Ooh, uh, more like big trees again. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I did yeah, make what's... me think of Twin Peaks, um, <laughs> definitely, but like in a, in a good way because I love Twin Peaks <laughs> yeah, like, so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love it almost as much as Babylon Five, <laughs> sometimes more. I was gonna say, yeah, you fluctuate. I did, yeah, I do, yeah. I do. <laughs> you didn't name any of our children after after characters of Twin Peaks, no. though, so. Although I did, and we didn't have twins, <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I like it, kid. What if the main scientist though was the was a baby? <laughs> Don't we smoke so, cigars? So, baby rhinoceros. So, so, so yeah. the the people who the this group who who actually made were capable of physically projecting themselves. Did they live an entire life there? Well, the, I it? think the series was sort of trying to work out what they did. Like they're sort of, it was more sort of like, I think in the series you will uncover how they did what they did. Mm -hmm. Basically, they they weren't sort of experts at it. I think they found a way. I think what I, what I like is sorry something I didn't miss, mention is that is that they had a sense that something bad was coming, so there was an idea to sort of leave, like mm -hmm. to to kind of a way to leave the planet before the eugenics wars happened or the World War Three happened and and that was the sort of the the motivator for them. But they didn't but maybe they didn't quite get it right. That's why they ended up mm -hmm. like in the past and So sorry, so oh so they but I don't know, like but that's that's kind of did they because yeah. Because so yeah, they so I think I think they, they tried it. It was I guess well because because they they vanished, mm -hmm. I think, because of this. But, and and again, it'll be something that they, they kind of uncover, is that that this, the uh, the scientist uh, the the, the scientist <laughs> vanished. Is that they they tried it and it worked, but it maybe didn't work in the way they thought mm -hmm. it would, and they ended up on this Andorian colony, and, and maybe didn't they maybe survived, but just sort of it wasn't what they expected when mm -hmm. they when they left. It's it's kind of. I think that's something that you can sort of get in more into the minutiae of it mm -hmm. um, in in the show itself, and also 
What I did want to say is that I, I haven't picked a sort of a medium for it. It could be live action, it could be animation. I, mm. I think mm. I'd, be, I'd be happy with either, really. Mm. <laughs> I like the... Something that's really interesting in Star Trek is this idea that World War Three obliterated a lot of records. Mm. So there's kind of a blank patch in, mm. in Earth's history where it's a bit of a mystery... As to a dark as to what happened, yeah, yeah, sort of. A, it feels yeah. like it's sort of a short dark age where mm. a lot of records were destroyed, and it, that that's not something that's ever really been explored. Well, how, but, but, so how do they have a concept of the twentieth century? Well, I guess not. All records would do. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like... There's always an expert on the 20th century. They, yeah, downloaded, all their, they downloaded all their movies to a satellite before World War III. Everyone yeah. agreed that, look, we're going to have World War Three, right, but we need we need pornography, and we need, and we need movies and entertainment. Early we need <laughs> Yeah, we need bl- early black and white movies that are copyright, yeah. <laughs> copyright free by the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, so, so also, so if you you have like the two, the two um, parts that are coming together. Yeah, there's a ba- essentially like yeah. there's a MacGuffin that connects the the remains found on that Andorian, that abandoned Andorian colony mm. to to the to the. To the story that yeah. begins in the 1930s, 40s. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't decided what that is. <laughs> no, that's cool. Mm. But are you kind of exploring how how that part of the world is now? Or yeah, I think you say I, the forest has changed, and what so do you mean that's, by that? That's the thing. Like, the, I want to do that because I, I mean, I love that part of the world. I I love. I, I love stories like Mythico Wood, where there's like an, an old abandoned house in the woods. Um, I love that. I love that aesthetic, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 what I really like, would like, uh, what I really want would would be cool is the the, the this pa- party from the nascent sort of federation, sort of meeting the First Nations people who look after the Pacific Northwest now, and they sort of get led into they get led into where mm-hmm. this where this hospital convalescent home was and it's now sort of abandoned and deteriorated okay. and, <gasps> and 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 dangerous it. as well mm-hmm. because because I think I, I want there to be like big big ass wolves in this forest and things like that and like stuff just to be it's just a cool p- place to set a part of the story yeah. really that's really why I, that's really why I put it in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> yeah yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. I like it. Mm. Um, thank you. Greenlit. I think yeah. another one. Yes, Greenlit. Another you can guy. have a pilot. We'll see how the pilot goes. See how that baby works out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so I think it's time for me to pitch this my idea. Well, well that means someone else has to be. 1930s studio age. Oh, who's going to be 1930s? <laughs> hey, you guys can all be 1930s studio guy. Um, before I get on to my main pitch, I'd like to indulgently pitch some, some ideas that are rather silly. <laughs> You're wasting my time here, kid. You got, you got 60 seconds. Ah, jeez. <laughs> Uh, some of these ideas aren't mine. Some of these ideas are ideas that I'm pitching back at you. <laughs> these are some of your ideas. What? So, a while ago, uh, 
while we were discussing this on a on a WhatsApp thread, we came up with some absolutely ridiculous Star Trek ideas, and I've I've written them all down off the off the WhatsApp thread. Well, that's <laughs> I've completely forgotten what they were. This so. is new content for you, then. This is good. This is your opportunity to laugh at your own jokes. Yeah. Wish you always. Don't give in to that nonsense that you shouldn't laugh at your own jokes. You should. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying you, Gemma. But I hate the idea that you shouldn't laugh at your own jokes. If anything. You should. Yeah. Hey, is that funny? Yeah, they're good enough joke. If you're not laughing, no one else is laughing. So you better laugh. If you're not laughing at your own joke, you're clearly not invested in exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You don't eat, you don't eat uh, a dinner that the chef won't eat. Yeah. Okay. As the, as the clumpy saying. Yeah. yeah. That is, no, that's, that's rolls off the thing. It's good. I, like, yeah, I, I put a joke out there, I believe in it, so of course I'm I love clunky sayings. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> she did say that. Is that Troy? <laughs> <laughs> Troy said that. Clunky, say, clunky sayings could be a character no. in your procedural. No. <laughs> <laughs> clunky sayings. Anyway, right. This is this is the first pitch. Okay, here it is. Right, people in the future receive financial penalties. <laughs> For carrying forbidden business bags in high security areas. Do you want to know what the title of that show would be? Yeah. Star Trek Briefcase Fine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like that one, you're going to love this one. No, I do like that one. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Green lit, uh, so just put a baby with a cigar on it. <laughs> Picard and Boothby exchange gardening tips. The show would be called Rake It So. <laughs> I think what's really good about this one, it's like, it's a double pun. <laughs> rake and so, like, if you didn't understand. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't so, get a second part. No, I, I was only going on the rake. Sowing, yeah. sowing the seeds. So, yes. Yeah, good. Wow. Yeah, 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 it yeah, works yeah. so many levels. It's very oh. clever. It's maybe too clever for modern audience. No, I'm, I'm, I'm making a new sign at my allotment. <laughs> rake It So. That's brilliant. Excellent. Then I'll find all the other trekkies at the allotment. <laughs> I mean, you can have like um, a Borg scarecrow. Oh my god! An eater, yeah. <laughs> Picard uncovers an art forgery scam. Fake it, so. <gasps> That's actually Rick Everson. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think you should have done that one first because Make It So is was much stronger. Can, can, can I predict the next one? Like Picard, Please. Picard hosts uh, like uh, a, a, a making of. Of confections, <gasps> bake it so. Oh, do wow. you know? Okay, okay. That uh, oh, oh. spoiled the punchline of another. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, no, sorry. Don't read my notes. Oh, don't read my notes. Right, it's next one. Picard pimps out old starships with a team of plucky Starfleet engineers. Make it go. <laughs> God. Ensign Rowe takes part in a cookery competition. Bake it row. <laughs> this this must be such a great WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> it really was. I think that it was after we'd done a podcast, um, and I, but, I, but I think you guys were probably asleep and just spamming all the puns. <laughs> um, what's that? I can't even read my own writing. A show where people write intrusive messages all across the Alpha Quadrant. 
Star Trek, the text penetration. <laughs> oh, that one's problematic. I, I don't like it. No, I, I no, Jesus, mm. dirty. Okay. And this one, the, the last one, this is actually uh, Rick's that he, that he came up with earlier on. This would be a uh, a show where a, a, a popular alien character explores people's homes, um, and it would be called Saru the Keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, now I've warmed you guys up. This is the real pitch, and this is serious. Okay, this show is going to be called Star Trek Surprise Motherfuckers. <laughs> thought it would be. Right. I, so can't tell, I can't tolerate that kind of language in my, in my, in my century. It, or it might be called Star Trek The Fan Wank. <laughs> that was Gemma's idea. How about Star Trek, you bastards? <laughs> I, I, li- I like it. I like it. I, I'm not an executive, but I talk like this anyway. <laughs> Fan wank would be all right because Americans often don't have no, and get the word wanker a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, some, some, some of you will. Some of you American listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do know the, the ones that you. listen to this podcast probably. Oh, I, I often wonder if there's a, if there's much of a language. Divide. I don't know how often we say wank on this. I'm, well, I'm so talking this, generally when we uh, reference okay. stuff like hello, hello. Yes, but it, it must confuse it, it, our yes, overseas but it, Maybe it prompts them to, to delve into our rich British culture. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't hello, say hello, words hello, like wanking. Like Fanny, like for Fanny American, that means I, bum. Yeah, yeah. Fanny here means. Lady Pumps. Front, front, front bum. Yeah. Yeah, ladies front bum. But <laughs> I, I think Americans know that because I've heard that reference quite a lot. Actually, okay. in actually, Britain... Actually, we know that. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> like, we know that. It's old news. Anyway, carry on. Thank if you remember, guys, I was trying to remember a picture <laughs> show, but... Well, fine. you talking about fannies, OK? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it was important. You're right. And that's why I allowed the divergence. That's <laughs> like, this, no, this is important. This actually does add value <laughs> to the podcast. I'm not going to interrupt this. <laughs> Um, okay, so get this. Uh, Khan from The Wrath of Khan, the Bazzy, <laughs> right? He gets resurrected by the Borg. Um, <laughs> Borg, he put nanos in him, nano bots in him, <laughs> and he comes back to life. In him. <laughs> and they're like, Khan, what we need you to do um, is put together an evil task force to take down the Federation because we tried it in Best of Both Worlds we failed we tried it in First Contact we, we were defeated you you are a genius you can do this and Khan is like okay well I need access to time travel <laughs> the Borg are like yeah done no problem so Khan goes back in time he gathers up Gary Mitchell <laughs> <laughs> he picks up Law. <laughs> Um, he gets okay. What's the name of the bad guy in the Star Trek Six? The bad Klingon guy. Chang, General Chang. That's exactly who he gets. Correct. Could <laughs> you pass the test? Um, he he gathers up the entire Zindi, <laughs> <laughs> most of the Romulans. Half most of which yeah. ones? Wait, 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 wait. What the does one, that mean? Um, he, he leaves the ones who are like. I'm Maybe like we should. I don't know if we oh, can go along. It's kind of vague. Jim like, Neighbours. I don't. I'm sorry, but that's kind of oh, vague. How, like, about, how about the the the, the killer nun ones? They, they leave those because they're like, yeah, 
The Dora oh, Milaje. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's from. That's from. That's from. Dora's from. No, no, That's from Black Panther. Sorry. But I know. Yeah. Those Khan guys. doesn't gather up those ones. <laughs> the Epsom um, Candle guys. Yeah. Yeah, let, yeah, let's, yeah. Let, sorry, let's let let let's yeah. let Will. Sorry. Pitch. Um, yeah, some of the Dominion. <laughs> enough, just like enough ones. Well, yeah, enough that, enough that it isn't going to interfere. <laughs> later. Enough that it doesn't impact cannon. Okay. That's, that's basically. Ah, right. oh, I see. Uh, and Cybok. Cybok. <laughs> 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 yeah, because yes. I think he'd have uh, he'd he'd have ideas. What about, <laughs> what about the Nexus guy? You mentioned the Nexus oh, guy. Oh yes, um, the uh, Nexus guy from Clockwork Orange. Yes, <laughs> Malcolm Malcolm McDowell. What about oh, there yeah. being in the middle of the galaxy? The the yes. evil the evil god the, the at the god middle god. of the galaxy. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and welcome. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he brings. Yeah, he picks them up as well. Yeah, and uh, Malcolm McDowell so that he can say. Um, Time is the fire in which we burn. That's it, exactly. That's exactly what he said. What, what if he also gets Andy McDowell? <laughs> yeah, okay. He does. He does. And Roddy McDowell from, yes. from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> so we can have a Groundhog Day thing as well as Planet of the Apes. McDowell's who? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So, McDowell's combined. <laughs> I did have a pitch about monkeys that I didn't bring. Because um, it was a bit too Planet of the Apes. <laughs> sorry, co- sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I mean, it's all right. It's a, it's a pretty serious pitch, and I feel like you guys have sort of undermined the, the tone of it. So you can tell that the stakes are high. <laughs> so, anyway, it's an elite band of the universe's most dangerous warriors, and they're coming to destroy the Federation. Guinan tells Picard. Um, that she needs to get in, he needs to get into contact with Q because Q has some information for him, so he does. Q tells him about this plan because Q has seen how it play, plays out in the future, and he says, "Picard, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to put together the Alpha Quadrants equivalent of the Avengers." <laughs> Picard's like, "I know exactly who I need." Yes, he gets vo- he gets Voyager. Uh, with 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 Captain Janeway, he picks up the Enterprise A with Kirk and and crew. Um, Worf uh, is in charge of the Defiant. That's explained off screen <laughs> because it always no wait. There's one line of dialogue where it says, uh, "Worf, you have to captain the Defiant," and then you don't hear the end of of why. But yeah, he's in charge of the Defiant. Um, Discovery gets plucked from the future. And, and brought back the Enterprise D, of course, not the E. I'm sorry, guys, it's the D. <laughs> Pulled from, from Prime Next. Not only that, but the three nacelled Enterprise from All Good Things is also pulled from, from that universe. Um, yes, the, 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 the Scott Dracula Enterprise. Yes! Enterprise. Yes. The Cerritos, the Prodigy. Um, Ooh, that's... Oh. How are you going to work that? You're going to throw some kids in? Yeah. I, yes, Ooh. I am. <laughs> so inexperienced. Right, great. Okay. Well, they're, they're from a point in a future season where they're more experienced. Okay. They have they, a ship. Their ship is fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, their ship's good. Um, so. Two Janeways. Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah. That never goes well. Janeway and Janeway. Oh, no. It doesn't, she doesn't does like it? herself. No. Try and try and guess. Maybe they just, avo- point, maybe they just avoid each other. No, no, I want this them to feel. Like, no, I'm not in. I'm not in. I'm not in. Follow Janeway in normal. Wait, 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 wait. 
because you haven't heard oh. the best part. Guess where? Okay, so this is the first act. This is basically a movie. This isn't going to be a TV series. It's actually a picture for a movie. This is the first hour. <laughs> In the, in the, How many hours? Yes, Rick. Okay. Is, is he also going to get the Kelvin first crew? Of course he is. I Thank forgot you. about that. Yes, the Kelvin first crew. Absolutely forgot about. That. I want. I want old original crew, and I want Kelvin first young original crew. They're there. Guess where? Guess where this massive battle is going to take place? Fairhaven. It's <laughs> your place. It's Deep Space Nine. Oh. Because for reasons I haven't thought of yet, they have to have the battle there. Maybe it's something to do with the wormhole, I don't know. Well, I I so, so, so Cisco can be in command of DS9. See, I was going to question that Worf had the point in those this is, Cisco, but Cisco's worry. got DS9. No, this is the twist. Cisco comes back from, from, from where he lives with the wormhole aliens. He comes back to DS9 and Does he's he? like, this battle is so important. <coughs> I will command operations from here and, there. and also he can shoot lightning out of his eyes because he's got uh, magic <laughs> I, I, sorry sorry oh, my, my ears aren't great did you say eyes or arse <laughs> do you know what it's actually both cool I'm taking I'm taking that idea yeah I, I like this idea I it reminds me <laughs> of um, the Secret Wars from mm. the Marvel Comics where mm. the Beyonder the Beyonder Beyonder kind of pitches good against evil yeah so I would the only thing I would say is how about like like some sort of higher power, like maybe like Nagilam. Nagilam. Uh, Nagilam does this, this, this kind of pitching does, of good against evil. Yeah. He it likes does. experiments. It does remind me a lot of the the latest Spider-Man movie. Mm. Well, there Nagilam is. Nagilam has a really that. creepy baby face. I don't like. But he can have a cigar. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. There's one no. last twist though. Just before the battle is about to commence. Before the twist, before the twist, sorry. Yeah. Can, can, can I just confirm that when Cisco comes back to command DS9, <gasps> we're going to have all the all the, all the the weapons, like all yeah. the slidey up clunky bits and weapons coming out, and there's going to be about 50 times more. Oh, that massive that sequence guns and torpedo is going to take seven minutes, and there will be oh. no dialogue. That will just one. I absolutely won Star Trek Secret Wars. Be, uh, I think uh, that would be yeah. so cool. There's one last twist just before just climaxed the, at the idea of a seven-minute DS9 <laughs> weapon reveal. Just before the battle is about to commence, the Borg Queen shows up with an entire Borg fleet. She's like, "Surprise, motherfuckers!" That's the title of the show. <laughs> what um, sign is she? Which, well, which four queen? Alice Creed, Susanna Thompson, or the new one from? Do you Card? know all fucking three of them are there? <laughs> because it's the book, so that you know all versions of them are there. <gasps> They're on their own set. This is all a setup. The Borg oh, brought Khan back so that they would oh, yeah. get all of the villains and all of the heroes in history together. The Borg are just going to assimilate them all so that they can become even more badass. <laughs> so the next hour is. Is an enormous hour long space battle. Nobody No knows. dialogue, no music. Who's no, just fighting? Yeah, their it's lives. just effect, just solid hour of effect shots. <laughs> <laughs> Until, um, I haven't decided how it ends, but uh, but it's a pitch, so I don't have, to, <laughs> don't have to give you the full story yet. Yes, Joe. Which come? All of them. <laughs> All of them, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I like that in, in, in an audio mm. podcast medium, we've we've gone to putting our hands up. Yeah. It's a visual signal we want to talk. 
for the benefit of those not looking on the holiday. This is how much we're honouring Will. No, it's good. It's very respectful because we didn't we didn't do that for anyone else. But I think you guys saw. Just interrupt. You were actually yeah. You were in the presence. I mean, this it's a fairly blinding pitch. Yeah, I like it, dude. Oh, I missed out Harry Mudd. Um. Did I? Well, he's yes. sipping jippers on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Is he also kind of original series mode? What about mm. it? <sighs> he can be both <laughs> in, this, in this world. Well, both that's mods like a gazillion muds, though, isn't it, surely? It is, yes. Um, I, I feel like they would, they, he would, he would have a cameo, but I don't think he's a part of the main because he's not really a. A villain. He's a villain. Okay, all right. He's, he's there on the side. All right, okay. Can't yeah, get him. He's in. He's in. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know exactly. No. I, I, I kind of want to suggest an ending point. Um, I don't know exactly how it would work, but I think the ending should absolutely be Rin the Andorian somehow resurrects and comes in and yeah. saves the day, going surprise, motherfuckers. Or, or it's a cliffhanger Any ending, and he shows up. Um, with, I, I don't know, with the, the the flipping massive cigar alien from Star Trek Four. Maybe McGillan could smoke the cigar alien from Star Trek Four. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. babies and cigars are a thing today, apparently. And it's a cliffhanger ending, but that uh, th- there's no sequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to do a sequel of another like. Two, three-hour movie of no, that's all it. this stuff. Unfortunately, it's very unsuccessful. <laughs> so there's never, there's never. I don't understand how it can be. There's a seven-minute sequence yeah. of DS9's weapons. Do we right. just yeah. do we just have uh, a slow, slow flyby of uh, a giant cigar and a giant baby? Just the spaceship just flying all around, like a giant Stanley cigar Kubrick homage. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think if it was if it, again if it was seven minutes and there was no dialogue or music, yeah. That, then yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, why not? It feels like it fits with the, with the tone. Of the... So maybe this is a three-hour movie, actually, isn't it? But yeah, you got, so you got the... Moxie, kid. I think I think this would work in animation. I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna break Hollywood. <laughs> we gotta, yeah. we got to we, we got we to pitch it good against evil. We can't have no no third party in here. You know, you know what I'm saying. But we got to get dames in bikinis <laughs> advertising this shit. But uh, I I, I got like three, it. Four you got to lay in bikinis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bikinis. I I immediately patent that idea. <laughs> My idea, 1930s studio executives. <laughs> dot ink dot org tm yeah it's good man I, I like I it I, I really I, I do like the concept of just building a team of good guys and a team of bad guys and making them fight because like we were saying that is Secret Wars and I want to mm. see I would love to see Star Trek version of Secret Wars mm. I th- yeah it, I mean you've just thrown in everything about Star Trek ever so and the, to be fair that's what they claimed they were going to do post-Nemesis mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. They said that Nemesis, they were going to do Nemesis and then they were going to have this big crossover movie that was going to have DS9, Voyager, Next Gen and all that. And I kind of wonder if maybe sometimes that's bullshit um, mm-hmm. that the writers are trying to say so people think, oh, they would if they'd been allowed to do that. But I don't know. Um, do you feel like that 
<clears throat> that might have come off something a bit like <laughs> the kind of fan wank I described. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, but if we're going to indulge ourselves, flip it. Yeah, I mean, it, it it does feel like that kind of pitch is maybe it's maybe what a lot of Star Trek fans would like to see, but the, but the reality of it would be so daft yeah. <laughs> did yeah. it, did it um, I mean I mean, it sounds crazy to, I mean I know what? after such a serious pitch it sounds what? crazy to suggest that that <laughs> might come off as daft but but yeah actually if you if you kind of got all those things that you really wanted would, would could it that would, ever really work it would never live up to what you pictured it to be mm. would it so what we've done here is a very clever turnaround to all those fans who say this, this, and this. <laughs> no, really, though, what you want is stupid. <laughs> and what we've got is brilliant. So enjoy enjoy what we have, you idiots. We win! <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a god being playing fantasy football with, <laughs> with Star Trek characters. And that's not a bad thing. No. I, I would love to see that. I think mm. that could be such a fun... It's such a fun idea. I, I think... I don't see mm. why... I don't see why like next level beings wouldn't have a sense of fun and they wouldn't want to do that. And I think you could have this. This would definitely fit within lower decks. I think like a yeah, like a yeah. like like just encountering a god being that wants to like the Federation encounters a god level being that doesn't really know what's going on, so it just wants to just get an idea out. of how to interact with reality. Uh, so it's like, give me all your information, and I'll just slam this together. And, <laughs> Yeah, just you know, like like a god, they find a god egg and they and they're like, well, we'll give we'll give you all our information and then we you can play out a scenario and see if you if you like it or not. And he's like, okay, mm. and then it just plays out this bonkers scenario <laughs> because it's a it's a nascent god, like it doesn't it's know what it's doing. That's <laughs> my that's my yeah. that's my that's my sort of adjunct to your idea. <laughs> Very I good. like it. I, uh, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick's patiently you, had his hand up. Yeah. Right, let's see what he has good to boy. say. Have you just described Will as a godlike being? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that his idea, his idea, is, is is great, but it requires. But I think it rather than rather than there being some sort of malicious intent with the mm. the, the the being that still sort of starts it. It's this. It's a it's a god that oh, doesn't have a concept of what things are, so it just kind of takes all this information and 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 wages a ba- a, a very sort of bonkers war of good against evil to to kind of get an idea of itself. Mm. The god of shits and giggles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it does feel like this. The only way you could do this sort of idea is like we said, like. Like in Lower Decks, you could have a Lower Decks mm. episode like this, where the, where the joke is that it's like it's such a, a fan wank. Yeah, <laughs> that it's, exactly. That it's a but to, to kind of do that seriously, as, as I was pitching, I suppose, <laughs> to, to sort of do it as a, a kind of a serious idea where there are real stakes. Mm. I don't know if you could pull that off, which which actually makes it all the more remarkable that say something like Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War, at actually worked because well in in, in mm. my opinion it, it did because like mm. you know that was that was a yeah. serious story where the stakes were real it wasn't a it wasn't a joke and they it kind of shows how hard that it is played, to, that to played pull. out over 
over 20 movies. Mm, yeah. 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 So we need to catch up on the MC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I, yeah, I mean I, I, think... I love I love your idea. Well, I I would I think it absolutely fits into sort of the lower decks kind of world in terms yeah. of their in terms of their ability to sort of take to take a humorous look at that universe. But I, I think I, I I just I just think rather than having the Borg sort of be the architect of this plan, they 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 meet some sort of entity that has a sort of doesn't quite know how to exist in our universe so mm. kind of plays out like a kind of like an original series entity that would just go mm. i am going to assemble good and evil and play make them play <laughs> a them bit yeah. like a bit like the episode with space lincoln i guess space yeah. lincoln yeah but but it is your idea so i'm not yeah, I don't want. Gonna, I don't want to don't, kind of. I don't want to kind of steamroller it. You don't want to mess with the purity of, of Will's vision. <laughs> no, I, I won't compromise. I love the anything. fact that everything we're all taking it seriously, <laughs> considering how it might actually work. Yeah. No, I, th- I, th- I think though, when when you pitch to a studio, yes, they absolutely will take elements and they will change it and they will. Mm. So you kind of have to accept that. Yeah. And I d- I've got to say, actually, Will, um, Rick, sorry, Rick's reference back to the aliens from the Space Abraham Lincoln episode is a brilliant one because mm. that would mm. be a really good way to play that off. Yeah. Actually, the good versus evil thing. So that's, you want to work that into the pitch. Yeah. Get rid of the Borg. No, no, Tell, no, no, no. Just no, no, need Borkinis. No, 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 no. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. The Borkinis are... <laughs> okay. no, don't well, get, I get won't compromise this vision the, now. I'll take this to another studio. And then, <laughs> then they're the surprise. Boom, surprise, Borg. You did not see yeah. this coming because you didn't see them in the beginning. Not taking it. I'm taking this to Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Star Trek over there. I'm sorry. Yeah, or yeah Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Put it in, put it in the DCU, DC <laughs> yeah. cinematic universe. That'll work. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take anything Ooh. there. But anyway, I think yeah. what we should do, <laughs> if we had to choose uh, what, one idea um, from our from our pitches, what who what whose idea do you think you'd you'd vote for? Which which is the most workable? Do you think? I think the most workable is probably Rick's. Being as a lot of my pitch came from my wife, I kind of have to vote for it anyway. <laughs> so you know, I I do feel like Rick's pitch was kind of a is one that that actually might win over. Oh, studio. we mean Rick Henderson, that, by the way. Rick. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, as in as in the um, <clears throat> police procedure. Not the not the right. I mean, the rhinos were good. <laughs> the thing is both Rick and Gemma's pitches are fantastic but I mm. think we would go back to the the problem with the cage or the studio's mm. problem with the cage too cerebral that's what I'm mm. thinking I think I think uh, I love yours <laughs> I love mine I think, I think <laughs> are brilliant yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think definitely yours is the easiest mine's the studio also, friendly one I'm not saying yeah. that it's bad I'm not saying it's I, simple. I, no, it's, I think it's right. a really Scope good, it. it's it a really good idea for a yeah. show, and I think it would work really well. And I, did, I think it, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. You can have different writers coming in, and yeah. it could be yeah. very episodic, and it's like all, all of those things that that don't sound like they carry a risk to mm. the studio. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 and it's such scope for depth as well. It can be syndicated. Yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've done the most studio friendly <clears throat> one. Mm. I think that I would agree. I mean, I 
I love all our ideas. I, mm. I, I, I love I love Gemma's idea and and your idea. Will I, I think it's so it's so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the idea of like an annihilation esque story where we where the Federation has to mm. sort of encounter the the consciousness of a planet is so cool mm. and, and and true Star Trek. I think, but I have to admit that Rick, your your proceed your crime procedural concept is. Is the one that I think mm. is the is the is the con, is the pitch that would win, mm. and I think it's got. And I think I would love to watch that too. I think mm. I think it's great. I, I so yeah. That's yeah, what I yeah. Do you know I'm a bit surprised no one's tried a um, politics one because so many times I see people say on Twitter particularly they'd love to see Star Trek do the West Wing kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. I've bit surprised none of us came up with that one. Well, how does? But I suppose how do you? What? 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 what where is the sort of partisan line in mm. in the Federation? See that? I don't know. I've never watched the West Wing. I just sort of saw it as a popular Rick, idea. Being idea, because there is no partisan line in the Federation, <laughs> is there? Of course, because everybody's all very happy and they all yeah. have the same ideas. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree with Gemma. I have yeah. to admit, like, mm. <laughs> yeah. But it but it does feel like there are probably there are episodes of TNG where you get into the politics of the Federation and the politics of different alien worlds. So so in a way that that those those you can have single episodes that are kind of like the West Wing. Yeah. So you maybe could. I mean, there, there's so much scope in in your idea mm. of so much variety. Mm. You could you could tap. There was a there was yeah. a show. It, and this isn't a pitch, but there was a show called The Americans about Russian spies in America, yeah. and you could easily do that with with Federation spies in the in a non Federation oh, yeah. world, and then and, they, and then getting seduced by by living in a non Federation yeah. world. Yeah, mm. I mean that yeah, that leads to a whole thing. You could do a great that series around stuff like the Obsidian Order and the Tal Shiar. Mm. Definitely, yeah. But that's the beauty of Star Trek, and I think there's something that TNG did, is you can go through a bunch of genres yeah. and apply them. And even the world and also and also <laughs> in Star Trek you have a you have an abundance of different types of and not just Star Trek, but any sci fi series, you have a different types of worlds. Mm. Like, like yeah. forest planets, ice moons, desert planets. Like you could have a whole you could have a <laughs> As long as it's one environment. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, that's it. Because yeah. that's not how planets work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you just have to look at Star Trek Three when um, That's David Marcus and Sarvik are, are analysing the Genesis planet, and they're looking at all these different climates. Like, yeah, that's not why is that big that bigger shock. Why on Earth? Yeah, yeah. You know, Earth is weird. Earth has all these different Apparently. climates, and we only have one, like <laughs> trees. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's the same with monocultures. You know, they have so many cultures in Star Trek that are defined by particular single things. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it's just simpler that way, isn't it? It is, but again, that's you know, I think my crime procedural drama would be able to. Yeah. Sort of cast a bit more thing, give a yeah. bit more variety to races. Like a magnifying like, glass, if yes. you would. Yeah. yeah, exploring some 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 deeper th- ideas and going through that. Yeah. Mm. Get into the dark underbelly of crime. <laughs> yes. 
in the Star Trek universe. I like it. <laughs> I do. I think. I, yeah. yeah. I think that's definitely. It's got legs. Because it feels like it's it's a unanimous decision. The studio is greenlit. <coughs> Rick's police. Well, what would it be yeah. called? Um, I don't know. I don't get as far as a name. <laughs> what? Um, it's, I, I'm trying to think of like what would that, star, what would their police procedural pubs. What would their department be called? Star Trek Noir, maybe? Ooh. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah I no, no, I think it has to have a... It has NCI to be a, Space. NCI Space. It has to be an NCI, NCIS or CSI, mm. that kind of... Space yeah. SI. Space Space Jack. Jack. Space Jack. Space Jack. Space Jack. Space Jack. It's Star Trek Space Jack slash NCIS. Space. Bracket Space. space. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got the title. What do you think? Star Trek Cigar Babies. There you go. Okay, okay, yeah. Green lip. Each one loves a cigar more, more than the other. <laughs> cigar babies. <laughs> well, on on that note, I think um, I think we should wind this up. Yeah, uh, that is the cue to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening yes. to this slightly indulgent episode. Um, nice. I, I, I hope you've had as much fun listening to it as we have doing it. You, you, you probably haven't. <laughs> no, in fact, we're sorry. sorry. And um, yeah, we're not that sorry though. To it's be a fair. good way to we end a podcast, a I think, to just apologise for everything that we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we just need to record a standard apology. And we can just edit sorry. into every podcast. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to listen though, so you know. Kind of on your own head a bit, isn't it? <laughs> but if you do like one of these ideas, then yeah. please feel free to yeah. petition yeah. Paramount Heavy, to... Heavily petition. Petition Paramount to make it. If yeah. you happen to be Alex Kurtzman, um, listening to our podcast, because I imagine he would, he's got all that time, having been fired so many times. <laughs> um, yeah, go just yeah. pay us lots of money and we'll happily let you use our ideas. <laughs> I, I assume that TV execs will just search the internet they'll google like star trek pitches and if we call our podcast star trek pitches done they'll pick they'll pick it up this is what we were looking for yeah Yeah. and we'll be we need some ideas for tv shows what shall we do let's just let's google okay a vietnam a vietnam veteran gets partnered with a duck bill platypus (laughs) (laughs) on the on the streets of san francisco Hang on, I'm sure uh, I've seen that. It's thing. called it's called veteran veteran and duck. <laughs> oh, not actually a duck. No, Bill platypus. <laughs> Bill duck. Bill. Bill and veteran. Ooh. Veteran and Ooh, Bill. Bill and veteran. Vet Bill. Vet Bill. <laughs> is this a Star Trek pitch still? No, no. This is. I have this no is, idea this is, this is now just generally. This okay, okay. So we're tacking on other <laughs> other pitch just on the off chance that some studio execs like. I didn't like any of those Star Trek edits. What if these guys have any regular TV idea? I'll keep listening. Yeah, a crime. But come on, a crime. You can you can literally put two different people of any persuasion together in a crime procedural and it might work so yeah. Vietnam veteran and duck bill platypus could be a show vet bill vet bill yeah, yeah. vet bill starring okay. um, Lou Ferrigno <laughs> and 
as the voice of the platypus. <laughs> what Owen, about... Wilson, Owen Wilson is a Vietnam veteran. What about uh, a T Rex who's an accountant? Ooh, yeah, okay. well, who's he partnered with? <laughs> He's not, he's a, he's a He's partnered with a, he's partnered with a sassy, a sassy rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> rabbi, okay. oh, rabbi and dinosaur. <laughs> Brilliant. Rabbi and dinosaur. I like it. Oh, what about a, like a 1990s goth um, partnered with just, just a racist, <laughs> just a racist from any era? <laughs> What? Because I just think. What are they doing? Oh, yeah. uh, argue, just argue. <laughs> but isn't that, that's going to get but in the way not... of them solving crimes, I think. But they're arguing about. Uh, <laughs> they run a cafe. Rabbi. They run a, yeah, they run a cafe. They run a cafe. And ironically, they don't argue about anything goth or, or race, or race <laughs> related, they argue about 1950s music. <laughs> Because they disagree on whether, uh, like, pop music from the 50s was, was superior to jazz music <laughs> from the 50s. But it's an 80s theme cafe, so neither of the music yeah. choices are ever played. And it never is... comes up. It's in its final episode. You get the reveal that actually one of them was a racist. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Gotham races. <laughs> oh, I suppose if you call it that, you spoiled the, the, the reveal of the finale. But I feel like I feel like Rabbi, Rabbi and Dinosaur has more legs. Feels <laughs> less maybe. Problematic. How many legs maybe does the dinosaur have? Two. I think it might have to so be a T Rex. Yeah. Rabbi and T Rex, maybe. As, uh, as, as sorry, uh, back to the cafe. <laughs> Maybe because it's an eighties theme, they're both dressed as eighties, so you don't even know is, which is the goth and which is the. You don't know which is the goth and which is the racist of the last episode. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the thing. They argue about an unrelated subject, right. and all the time like, which is the goth? <laughs> which is the racist? <laughs> I think. Yeah, what's this show about? <laughs> any, anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway, any, anyway, before we, before yeah, okay, we okay. Um, go too far down before. this brilliant rabbit hole, before, yeah, Rab- we Rab- have gone down. Rabbi, 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 let's, 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 climb out of this rabbit hole, even though, even though Rabbi and Dinosaur <laughs> would be a brilliant show. <laughs> Let's just say solving crimes. Rabbi and dinosaur. One of them's Jewish. One of them's a dinosaur. (laughs) 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 Sorry. um, Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, We will be back in the in the future with another episode. (laughs) We're not going to say what it is because we don't know. I mean, as you as you've learned. Be anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye. Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word 
backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Wilt Herland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should... Rephrase that. Ten backward. Ten backward. All right, all right, Michael. You got. I've, I got five minutes. Let's hear your pitch. You tell me what are you, what are you, what's your movie? Well, <laughs> let's hear it. Okay. Well, my my idea is that I'm a I'm an English bloke in in New York. I don't like it. <laughs> well, let me let let me finish right. my idea. If if you if you will let me finish my idea, I think you will like my pitch for this movie. So I, I am an English guy in America, and I don't know my ass from my ass. <laughs> but what I do know is that I meet a beautiful American girl who shows me the way to find love and embrace the American spirit. And I, I think you could be the guy to make that movie happen. Ah, no, man. Okay, who's in this movie? Well, it's me. It's me. I don't know. Groucho Marx <laughs> and Mickey Rooney and and anyone <laughs> This sounds expensive. <laughs> and uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe is the low interest because I wanna work with her. <laughs> I wanna I, I wanna work with her before she is corrupted by JFK. This this sounds difficult. What year is this? <laughs> I don't I don't have their bloody answers. That's your job. But I, I I'm just a I'm just a talent. Okay, you can have a pilot. We'll do a pilot. Tell you what we'll do. We'll do a pilot. We'll we'll do it for we'll do it for five hundred dollars. Do a pilot for five hundred dollars. You foot the bill. We'll split it in half. Two fifty each. We'll How, do a pilot. I, no, I I can't I can't agree with that. But how about you put the bill, and then if it makes money, I'll pay you back. I don't understand the deal, but that's only because I wasn't listening. So okay, that's fine. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign off on that. Uh, I'm gonna greenlight the pilot, but if it goes to full series, I get the merchandise rights. You hear me? The action figures. You drive a hard bargain, but I'm happy to agree with that. And you know what? Not a lot. Of, not a lot of people know that. That's <laughs> 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 uh, fun. Yeah, it was good. It's good. <laughs>